This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 78 of the Catholic Foodie. Bon appetit, y'all! Welcome to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and we're going to talk about food today, believe it or not, here on the Catholic Foodie. I would love to tell you that my wife, Char, is here with me, but she is not. She's actually here, but not here. Uh, Just exhausted. We are uh, just coming in from some friend's house. It's the 4th of July, y'all. Happy 4th. And it's going to be a relatively short show. Uh, We got some food to talk about today. We're going to talk about Bon Appetit Magazine. We're also going to talk about uh, a little trip I took with a friend of mine this week. So stay tuned. The Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. That's right. I took a trip this week with a friend of mine, Adolfo Rodriguez. You may remember him from the Saints uh, Super Bowl extravaganza, that show that we put on. Uh, We had a big Saints uh, Super Bowl party that night at a friend's house, and man, we had fun. We had people all over the place. Of course, everyone's wearing uh, uh, not purple. I was going to say purple and gold, but that's LSU. Black and gold for the Saints. And uh, we were set up outside. First time I did a live show outside via Ustream. And Adolfo and I, um, we just talked saint stuff. It was a lot of fun. Don't remember the episode number? You can go back in the archives, though. They're on iTunes or over at CatholicFoodie.com and see which number that is. Anyway, Adolfo is a great guy. I know him well. Good friend of mine. And uh, he went to eat at a restaurant in New Orleans about a month ago. And... (laughs) He talked about this place over and over again with me. Um, it's, it's a little uh, kind of like a southwestern uh, Mexican restaurant in the uh, uptown area of New Orleans off of Carrollton Avenue and is called Huevos. And uh, Huevos in Spanish means eggs. Now, you know, in, in Spanish, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's pronounced or it's spelled with a J, but uh, here... On uh, right off of Carrollton Avenue on Bank Street, it's uh, actually spelled with an H, and I, I could be wrong. Maybe in Spanish it is an H. Anyway, a great little place. He talked about this over and over and kept saying, you know, you would love this place. You would absolutely love it. I need to take you there. Well, we talked about that for the last few weeks, and finally, finally, on Friday, we went. He came and picked me up. We went out there drove the 45 minutes across the causeway to New Orleans just to eat at this restaurant, Huevos. And it was delicious. Uh, So I brought you along on my H2 Zoom recorder, and uh, I kind of got some of that on audio, an audio clip for you. So I'm going to play that for you in just a bit. But first, I want to talk to you about a couple of articles that I read recently in my favorite foodie magazine is Bon Appetit. And uh, I'm going to get into that in just a second as soon as we come back from this quick break. I need two salmon, three salad compassion, and a free filet. I need two others, seared salmon. Okay, uh, Bon Appetit magazine. Don't know if you know it, but you can find it over at bonappetit.com. There were two 
articles in July's issue that really jumped out to me, and I wanted to talk with you about them. The first one is um, there's a column. There's a regular column here in the magazine. It's called the B.A. Foodist, right? B.A. Bon Appetit. Uh, bon Appetit magazine, right? Uh, it's funny because in our family, B.A. means something else. Now, some of you, if you've been around since the 1980s, you may remember uh, B.A. Was it B.A. Baracus? Oh, B.A. Baracus, right? The A-Team. <laughs> you talk about a good show. Love that show. Uh, anyway, but in our house, B.A. stands for something else. I'm not going to tell you. You have to figure it out. I'll just say this, that for our wedding, one of the gifts we received was this huge uh, like uh, bowl, a big, huge salad mixing bowl. What is it? Porcelain? It's a porcelain bowl, I'm being informed. Um, huge. And we call it the B.A. Bowl. Now, I'm not going to tell you what that means, but you can figure it out and go ahead and email me. Don't post it on catholicfoodie.com, but email me if you think you know what the B.A. Bowl is all about. All right. Anyway, this is the B.A. Foodist, as in Bon Appetit. And someone wrote in, you know, he's got this regular column. Someone wrote in, and this is the question. This is a restaurant owner who wrote this in and said, uh, do you think that Yelp and other online restaurant review sites are the future of restaurant criticism? As a restaurant owner, I'm afraid that now, in addition to all my other responsibilities, I have the joy of responding to semi-literate nincompoops. And that is from Barbara. Actually, you've got our whole name here. This is from Barbara Ortez, uh, Fawn Skin, okay, uh, from Fawn Skin, California. Barbara Ortez. Well, Barbara, uh, <laughs> if I were you, I'd rewrite your question. Uh, but I do want to respond to it. Uh, it's interesting. I, I did post this, by the way. If you want to see my formal, official response, you can go to catholicfoodie.com. It is uh, listed there. And the URL address of my response is at uh, catholicfoodie.com forward slash is dash Yelp dash herding dash restaurants. And if you don't know what Yelp is, uh, Yelp.com is um, kind of, it's a social network. It's a social network for people who go out. And it could be out to anywhere. It could be any kind of business. Uh, but a lot of people use it uh, for restaurants. And, you know, if I, if I wanted to know whether or not I should go to a particular restaurant, the first person I would turn to, the first thing I would do is ask a friend. You know, I ask Adolfo, hey, is Huevos a good place to go to eat? You know, he's going to tell me his opinion if he's been there. And I take that as gold. That is like a great way for me to find out and make a decision on whether or not I want to waste my time and money going to a particular place uh, or if I should go somewhere else. If I want to know what kind of, what, which movie, hey, is Toy Story 3, is that a good movie? I'm going to ask somebody who went and saw it. Um, I, I wouldn't want to go to uh, ToyStory3.com to find out whether or not I should go see ToyStory3.com. I mean, Toy Story 3, the movie, right? Because, of course, they want me to go. If, if I'm trying to figure out whether or not to go to Huevos, I might go to their, re their uh, website and find out, okay, let me see, they have the menu, what, what are the hours, um, how do I call them just to make sure that they're open? I know it's the 4th of July weekend. Are they, still, are they open this weekend? I don't know. Let me find out. I can call them. I can contact them. Uh, but I, I'm not going to go there to find out whether or not I should go and take a chance on whether it's good or not. 
right? They're not going to tell me that over there at their website, huevos.com or whatever it may be. I don't know the, uh, the URL address. Instead, I'm going to go talk to a friend, someone who's been there. And if I don't know anybody personally who's been there, guess what else I could do? I could go check it out on Facebook. You know, Huevos actually has a Facebook page. That's right, they do. I can go over there to, to Facebook.com and, and find their uh, page and find out what other people have said about their particular restaurant. Is this food good? That's what I want to know. What's the price like? Is it worth it? What's the atmosphere like? And even though I don't know all these people on Facebook, they may not be my friends, but guess what? Just by the tone of their comments they leave there, I can tell whether or not they're credible. I, can, I, I, I know how to read. I, I understand people. I know if they're, they're being a jerk and they're going to try to slander a restaurant. And if they're being serious and honest and saying, I really like this, but I didn't like that, or, I, I, you know, I really didn't like this, but, you know, they may have been having a bad day, something like that. Hey, I understand that. So I can get good feedback just from their Facebook page. Well, Yelp is the same kind of thing. Yelp.com is a social network. They not only have Yelp.com, but they also have a, 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 um, an iPhone app and they have an Android app. And uh, people use this a lot. They sign up for an account and when they go out somewhere, they can rate the restaurant. They can make comments. They can leave tips on what you should try or what you should avoid. So it's a, it's a good little uh, tool there. If I want to know what people think about uh, Huevos, for instance, I can go there and find out. It's, it's a really good tool. Anyway, this is the kind of stuff, this social networking stuff, this is what Barbara Ortez, this restaurant owner, is talking about. She is saying that, uh, you know, in addition to all her other responsibilities of owning a restaurant, she's got to worry now about all these yo these bozos, basically is what she's saying, these yo-yos, these nincompoops is actually the, the term she used, that they're going out and leaving bad reviews for her and her restaurant. You know what my immediate reaction to that is? <laughs> it's not nice. Not nice at all. My first reaction is, hey, instead of worrying about other people leaving bad reviews about your restaurant online, why don't you focus on good food and good service? Why don't you focus on making people happy when they come into your restaurant? You don't have to worry about people leaving bad reviews. That's my first response. My second is, you're a business owner and you're going to go out and call people who go to your restaurant nincompoops? Goodness gracious. I mean, you got to rethink this, I think. I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, the BA Foodist, he does a great job of responding to her. He does say very clearly that, um, you know, Yelp and all these other social networks, they're not going to replace uh, traditional restaurant critics and restaurant criticism. I mean, you're still going to have the New Yorker and the Atlantic. Um, who does he refer to? The New York Times, all these uh, big publications that have, you know, these, these reviews that are, I guess, like the standard of restaurant criticism in print. It's not going to replace that. You're still going to have that. Yelp is not going to replace that. Facebook is not going to replace that. But so many people are out there on these social networks and, and they're, they're, these are trustworthy places. If someone leaves a bad review, you're going to have 10 other people who are going to say, no, this is great. I loved it. You know, you got to be able to read what people write and, and kind of pick and choose what you're going to believe, you know. Uh, try to weigh it out on, uh, on the, the, the way that they come across and what they write. Uh, but you can't ignore the social networks. You can't ignore that. 
So my my first advice to her is to Barbara Ortez is look, you have got to focus on your business. You have to focus on what you can do, which is to make sure that you excel in serving excellent food and providing excellent service. And if you don't do that and someone complains about it, oh well, you know, oh well. Um, the second thing I would say is that you do absolutely need to pay attention to what people say about you online. Absolutely. You have to have, you can set up uh, searches in uh, Google where basically um, it, it kind of picks up if, if you're talked about your business, let's say, or if you, your URL address, whatever it is, if it's uh, referred to at all online and Google picks it up, it will alert you and let you know that, oh, someone put an article about you over here, someone made a comment about you over here, and you can go check all that out. You have to pay attention to what people are saying about you online, especially if you're a business. Uh, but when you go there and someone has posted a bad comment, let me give you a piece of advice. Don't argue with them. Don't argue with them. Don't attack them because guess what? That's going to make you look like an idiot. What, what you ought to do is try to engage them, talk to them, and find out how you can do better. You know, I mean, it's just good customer service, I would think. It's just a, a good way to deal with people and to deal with customers. So um, I, I'm really sorry to see that, that she takes this approach. You know, these nincompoops, semi-literate nincompoops. Wow, I'm really, really surprised at this restaurant owner. I can't believe it. But anyway, if you want to know more uh, details about what um, the BA Foodist, how he responded and how I responded, you can go over to catholicfoodie.com forward slash is dash Yelp dash hurting dash restaurants is Yelp hurting restaurants. And you know what? I gave my thoughts. I put down there what the BA Foodist thought. I gave my thoughts. I want to hear what you think. What do you think about this question from uh, Barbara Ortez, is Yelp and all the other social networks out there, is it doing a disservice to restaurants or not? What do you think? What's your two cents? I want to know. Give me a call at 985-635-4974. 985-635-4974. Or you can, you can write me an email even at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Him. You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for a nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomato is ripe. They're so perky. I love that. Well, I don't have any mutton tonight. Uh, no mutton, however... There is another article I told you about. I did mention there were two articles that jumped out at me. The second one is about hamburgers, and today is the 4th of July. I decided to go ahead and put a show out. This is my regular day, by the way. This is Sunday, and if you've been listening for a while, you know that uh, typically on Sunday afternoon is when Char and I will uh, will produce The Catholic Foodie, a new episode of The Catholic Foodie. Um, you know, Char started joining me a number of months back. Um, this It was in the spring, I believe. And, you know, every once in a while she was on, and then for a, for a good long while we were doing the show together. Um, and I think I mentioned last episode, our schedule in the spring and now in the summer has just been so chaotic. It's been crazy. So uh, because of that, 
We just can't seem to get it together. Matter of fact, this is one of the first times in several weeks that I've actually recorded a Catholic foodie episode on Sunday. Uh, It's just been that crazy, that crazy. So anyway, I wanted to make sure that today, today, July 4th, that I I tried to get back on schedule. I want to get back on schedule. So I went ahead and, and said, okay, I put my foot down this morning and said, honey, no matter what else happens today, I am producing an episode of The Catholic Foodie. And she was very gracious, and she said, okay, I'll try to stay awake. <laughs> so uh, she didn't make it. She's asleep. And <laughs> so anyway, this is it, and that's why it's going to be kind of a short show tonight. But I did want to talk about this. I found this This jumped out at me. Remember, I read this a couple of days ago, and it's about hamburgers. And I thought, wow, this is cool for several reasons. Not only is it cool because it's hamburgers, first of all. Secondly, good hamburgers. Uh, thirdly, that, well, it, it's really, really interesting takes on different hamburger recipes. But in addition to that, these are hamburger joints, hamburger restaurants, places you can buy hamburgers all over the country. And so you may have gone to one of these places. And I, I was thinking when I read this, like, wow, this is so cool because, you know, we have people all over the States, all over the world who listen to the Catholic Foodie. I've got to talk about this because, one, you know, you may have gone there. You may have tasted one of these hamburgers that was written about in Bon Appetit magazine. So let me, let me tell you, this is, uh, if you have the magazine, this is page 32 of uh, the July issue you can also go to Catholic, I'm not Catholic Foodie. Oh, please do go to CatholicFoodie.com, by the way. But you can go to uh, BonAppetit.com, BonAppetit.com, and they they uh, they talk about this. You can go to a there's a if you go to BonAppetit.com up in the upper part of the page, there is a uh, uh, several tabs there. One of them is in the magazine, and they have a few different. Um, well, they have stuff from the magazine. They give you the table of contents, the 10 best new burger spots. That's the name of the article, the top 10 best new burger spots. And I'm going to tell you some of these spots, and I really want to hear from you. Are these anywhere near you? Have you eaten here? Uh, the first one's in Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, called The Grind. It's organic steak. It's an organic steakhouse. Uh, BLT, sweet and spicy peppercorn crust burgers. Wow, that's pretty awesome. They're made in coal-fired 1,000-degree ovens. Can you imagine that? And then it's topped with locally grown veggies. That's incredible. That is absolutely, I mean, that's an experience. You know, you go to a place like that, that is an experience. Unbelievable, which, by the way, I have to tell you, when I was, um, well, I guess I was in college. I was uh, at one point living at home. Uh, I guess this was before I went in the seminary uh, the second time. Uh, I remember uh, being at home and, and cooking, and of course I love to cook, and my dad came in one uh, one day, one evening. He came in when I was in the kitchen cooking, and he looked at me and he says, you know, why, why, why does this always have to be like a big production for you? He's like, for you, eating is an experience. It's not just like, you know, eating. <laughs> And I thought, I thought, man, you got it right. That's right. You got it right. It's an experience. <laughs> anyway, here's another one. Uh, Umami. Umami Burger. This is in Los Angeles. It's In-N-Out. Uh, In-N-Out may be the iconic L.A. burger, but this Southern Cow Burger with house-made cheese and caramelized onions 
at this mini chain is getting raves too. So this is this is at the In and Out Burger Joint, the Umami Burger. You have a Park Burger in Denver. This is in Denver. What is it about this that's so good? It says um, you can build your own burger. That's good. Uh, you have the the beef. is It's available in three sizes: quarter pound, half pound. Wait, quarter pound, a third of a pound, and a half pound. While more adventurous types should try the croak, the ham, fried egg, and Swiss. Hmm, or croquet. I don't know how they pronounce that. Interesting. Park Burger. Okay. Flip Burger Boutique in Atlanta. You have a chef there. Okay. Anytime you have a chef that's making burgers, you know they're going to be good. Chef Richard Blaze. Um, he, he says his, his cooking tends to be experimental. Right? Experimental. Uh, fine dining between two buns. That's what they call this burger. Now, does that sound awesome or what? Fine dining between two buns. The toppings include smoked mayo as well as kimchi and green tomato ketchups. Wow, that would be good. That would be really good. So Atlanta. Now, you know, I've heard Mac and Catherine over at uh, Catholic in a Small Town. I've heard Mac refer to Atlanta as Hotlanta several times. I wonder if he's ever been here. Flip Burger Boutique. Interesting. DMK Burger Bar. DMK Burger Burger Bar in Chicago. Grass-fed beef, which is awesome. I've got some of that in my freezer. Good stuff. Grass-fed beef and custom-made buns are the foundation of chef. Here we go. Another chef. Michael Cornick's Burgers. Chef Michael Cornick, uh, including roasted hatch green chili. Wow. You talk about good. Uh, Minetta Tavern in New York. Uh, this is now this is something. You check this out. We're talking hamburgers, right? How much do you pay for a hamburger? I know around here. I mean, goodness, we we're not going to call McDonald's hamburgers hamburgers, okay? Well, let's just get that out the way right now. That those are not really hamburgers. Matter of fact, they're not really food. But we'll save that for another discussion. Um, hamburger joints around here, you probably get a hamburger for. Oh, goodness. I know Lee's Hamburgers. It's a New Orleans tradition. Lee's Handmade. Everything's fresh. Handmade hamburgers. Really good. Three bucks for the low end. Three bucks. And it probably goes up till about four, four fifty, something like that if you get the works. Uh, you go to other restaurants, local restaurants, I'd say, I don't know. You can pay anywhere between, say, $3 and, I don't know, uh, 6 7 $8 maybe, depending on the place, for a hamburger. Well, this place here, this is Minetta Tavern in New York. Guess how much this hamburger is? $26. Goodness gracious. $26 for a hamburger. Can you believe that? This is what it says. It says pricey hamburgers are usually all style and no substance. But it's difficult to have any beef with a $26 black label burger made with prime dry-age cuts at this hot spot. $26 for a hamburger. Now, you know that that has got to be a good hamburger. <laughs> Matter of fact, I would think for 26 bucks you can come up with a different name. I mean, why hamburger? I mean, you gotta, it's got to have a, a good name, something else, right? Uh, we got B-Spot Burgers, B-Spot Burgers in Woodmere, Ohio. Uh, Woodmere, Ohio, they've got, let's see, they've got some interesting toppings. They've got uh, like fried salami. That's interesting. Fried salami, coleslaw, pulled pork, uh, bologna. 
Chef Michael Simon is the chef there. Uh, we have Foster Burger in Portland, Oregon. Uh, this is a uh, taste of local artisanal ingredients like house ground beef from Lindsay Ranch, which I've, I've never heard, but I'm sure it's, it's good. Beecher Cheddar and Rogue Creamery Blue Cheese, all local stuff. I love that. I love the whole buy local thing, you know, not like buy locate, but buy like B-U-Y, buy local stuff. And uh, this is great. I mean, you have a, a local area, a local restaurant serving local you know, uh, ingredients from local uh, businesses. That's wonderful. I love that. And the good thing about that, too, is it's unique. You know, if you go over to uh, Portland, Oregon, to Foster Burger, you're going to get a burger there and a taste there that you're not going to get anywhere else because it's all local. That's really good. Uh, We have Village Whiskey in Philadelphia. Uh, Chef Jose Garces. Jose Garces. It's an upscale pub. Uh, you can order the eight-ounce Village Burger served on a sesame roll with house-made Thousand Island dressing. That sounds pretty tasty, definitely. And here's a really, a really neat little uh, name for a restaurant. It's Little Bigs, Little Bigs in Houston. That's close to my own, uh, to my backyard, Houston, Texas. Uh, fast food mini burger fans love the fresh ground beef sliders with caramelized onions from local chef. Brian Caswell, best enjoyed with a white Russian milkshake. Wow, that's pretty cool. Like that, white Russians are nice. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's interesting. That's different. This is uh, the top ten, the top ten uh, best new burger spots. And I want to know, have you ever been to one of these? I'd love to hear from you. Nine eight five six three five four nine seven four, or email me over at Jeff at Catholic Foodie. Dot com. So we have Phoenix, Los Angeles, Denver, Atlanta, Chicago, New York, Woodmere, Ohio, Portland, Oregon, Philadelphia, and Houston. Please do let me know if you've tried this. I'd love to hear from you. Wow, something smells good. Those uh, goodies in there. Granny, Granny Puckett, the goody lady? My goodness, she makes some good goodies. She's got a thing. It's like a, uh, it's like a, uh, cookies, shortbread chocolate icing between very, it's good. Uh, it's very good. It's good. It's very good. Well, I mentioned earlier that, um, Adolfo Rodriguez brought me to Huevos in, uh, New Orleans, just down the street from Jesuit High School. I didn't even put the two together, uh, but it literally is like maybe two blocks away. You turn off a of Carrollton onto Bank Street, and it's just two blocks away. We parked there. You know, one of the things on their menu, I didn't even put two and two together. One of the things on their menu is the Blue Jay Special. And um, I had, uh, <laughs> well, I'll talk about that later. But anyway, the Blue Jay Special, never realized it, but the 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 mascot for... Jesuit high school is the Jesuit high school Blue Jays. I didn't realize that. So they apparently get a really good lunch business from the high school. Uh, I guess the guys there is an all-boys school. I guess they get to take off for lunch and grab something. So they apparently do a really good business there. This place, I have to tell you, I was really impressed with it. Very artsy. Very, very artsy. I like artsy kind of places. 
uh, very artsy place, uh, makes a lot of their stuff just from scratch. Local ingredients made well is uh, that's not the exact quote that the uh, the chef told us, but it's something close to that. You'll hear in the clip I'm going to play uh, where we repeat what the chef had told us. It's something like that. Local ingredients, right? Local ingredients made well. Um, really good place. They make their own chorizo. They make chorizo there uh, from scratch. Uh, matter of fact, the guys who own this restaurant, started this restaurant, interesting story. They originally had wanted to make a restaurant or open a restaurant that, uh, that they eventually did open, which is actually right next door. And they make all their sausages like from scratch. Uh, they've got four or five, six different sausages, home or house sausages, I guess I, you would call them. Uh, they also do uh, pizzas from scratch, all of that. Now, that's not the restaurant we went to. It's the one right there on the side. This restaurant on the side, which I can't remember the name of it to save my life right now, uh, that's the one they wanted to open originally. Okay, let's call that restaurant A. Prior to Hurricane Katrina, they wanted to open restaurant A. It's two guys. And uh, one of the guys was a chef. He had been a chef in fine dining for years and years, and he was finally just fed up with it, tired of fine dining. He wanted to do something that would be creative, fun, and just kind of cool, you know, casual, not as stressful, I guess, as the um, as fine dining can be. And so they wanted to open this. Well, Katrina happened and completely blew their plans aside. And so when Katrina passed and things were kind of getting back up, they said, well, we've got to, we can't, this project is too much. It's, it's just too much to do right now. We've got to do something though. Why don't we go ahead on the back end of that property, there's another little uh, storefront. Why don't we open up another restaurant that, uh, that, that is more simple, right? More simple. And so this one is just a, it's breakfast. <laughs> it's breakfast. I mean, how, how simpler can you get? Uh, they serve maybe five, six, seven different, actually it's less than that. I think it's probably like four or five different entrees, like dinners, right? Plates that you can order. And then they've got some side dishes. You can order the sides. Uh, they've got some donuts. That's, they're not made there. They're, ma- they're made down the street by another uh, bakery, and the, the bakery brings them fresh to them every day. And that's it. You've got coffee, which is a local coffee, local um, coffee place that, that uh, roasts those beans and brings them there, and they brew that coffee. Um, uh, Try Me Mills is the name of that uh, brand. That's very interesting. I, I kind of like that name. Uh, but that was what they ended up doing. They they started this restaurant, and apparently it just caught on. And it was really good because it's kind of like that southwestern Mexican sort of uh, cuisine. And it just so happened that in the wake of Katrina, tons and tons of Mexicans came over to New Orleans to work and to help to, to rebuild the city. So we had a huge influx of Hispanics. And so restaurants like this, I'm sure, did really well because you have a clientele there. And of course, it's really it's really funny. I mean, I lived in Mexico for two years, right? So I love Mexican food. I felt like for for a long time, I could never find really good Mexican in, ingredients in any grocery, just about anywhere. And all of a sudden, Katrina happens. Just a couple of months after that, every grocery in Louisiana, South Louisiana, has like these huge Mexican sections now, and they're getting uh, ingredients, uh, 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 products shipped straight from Mexico to. The stores where, I mean, you got the real deal here now. So I'm really happy about that. I feel like I could actually cook 
authentic Mexican now because I can get the ingredients to do it. So that's good. That's good for me. Anyway, I do have a sound clip to play for you. Adolfo was so good to bring me to this place. I'm very happy he introduced me to it, and I want to introduce you to it. This is Huevos in New Orleans, right off Carrollton Avenue on Bank Street. Well, here we are. We're on Bank Street, right? Bank Street. Bank Street off and we are walking a, less than a block away. We have a restaurant called Huevos, or Huevos, because H is actually silent in Spanish. Um, and this is a restaurant. It is. Uh, very good. Only open, I think, for breakfast and lunch. Um, but a very good southwestern-style breakfast place. That's right, and I forgot to mention that you, your name is Adolfo, right? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and you, uh, you've been on the show before. We have talked. Uh, we've talked before. Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. We had a show. So this is really cool because uh, nice place. Oh, you push. There we go. We're coming in now. Nice atmosphere. We're gonna be talking about the menu and everything in just a minute. But um, and I guess what we'll probably do is go ahead and uh, I don't know. Should we just? Order? What do you what do you recommend, Adolfo? What do you have when you were here last time? Uh, I had the huevos con tamal, which uh, three pork tamales that they make here. Ooh, wow! Two poached eggs on top, and and a salsa verde served on top of that. Wow! Which was fabulous. Um, they are, uh, and their their huevos rancheros I've seen, uh, just mm-hmm. and and admired. <laughs> um, but the only thing I've actually tasted are those huevos con tamal. But I'll be I'll be doing that again. Well, yeah, you, you kind of got me uh, looking at that one, too. I put this online. I, I, I emailed a friend of mine, actually, up up north a bit, and uh, emailed him, like, the link, and he went and looked at the menu. I said, what would you order? You know, and he said he, he'd get the Blue Jay. The Blue Jay that's special. the um, very popular. Huevorito, uh, tortilla with eggs, cheese, and chorizo with charred tomato salsa and a small coffee. I should tell you. Wow. I should tell you, too. The, uh, the chorizo, they make yeah. here. Ooh, I wonder, they have that on the sign, can you get, like, uh... You can get chorizo on the side. Yeah, oh man, I might have to do that. It's a, it's a function. Chorizo on the side. This, this place uh, reminds me of Austin, Texas. Yeah. Um, the sort of the best type of thing you'd find in Austin, but it fits very well in Louisiana. In fact, it made the New York Times. This restaurant made the New York Times? This restaurant made the New York Times when uh, the Saints were having their, their run uh-huh. last season. Um, they interviewed Tom Dempsey, who was, of course, kicked the 63-yard field goal with half a foot. Right. And uh, he was here. They interviewed him here. And so Huevos made the New York Times just uh, sort of in, in the discussion of the Saints. Um, it's a very popular local place and uh, delicious as all get out. That is amazing. Well, it's almost, uh, are you almost ready to order? Oh, I am. Uh, oh, look at that. The lunch menu is served with chips and a pickle. <laughs> All right, so the huevos con tamal is three pork tamales, two poached eggs, salsa verde. It looks really good. It looks really good. All right, we have to try the coffee. You say the coffee's good. Coffee's good. It's called Try Me is the name of the brand. Oh, look at that. Try Me Mills, huh? Try Me Mills. It's another local place. What did you have? The French, the medium? I had the medium roast last Coffee, chicory, or yeah, the medium? French roast. Huh. I think I'm going to try the French roast. And they've got donuts. Look at that. Wow. All right. Well, I'm going uh, I'm to let this run while we order. I think that would be kind of cool. Because if there's one thing people like hearing, it's 
other people ordering food. That's right. <laughs> I, uh, so you decide, are you I think I'm going to get the huevos con tamales. All right. well, if you get that, I'll get something else. No, really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. It just feels weird getting the same thing. Yeah, but I just want what's like really good. That's, that's true. <laughs> and then, you know, I mean, you got to... You gotta stick with what's good. I've never tried it. You when, have. When Cashel came, she got the Blue Jay special. How was that? It was delicious. It was good. Yeah. Uh, Blue Jays, of course, Jesuit High School is right down the street. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's yeah, I forgot about that. At lunchtime, Jesuit High School. Right. Right. Forgot all about that. You're right. The Jesuit Blue Jays. And the the breakfast sandwich looks pretty good too. But uh, and I served on a ciabatta. That's cool, with hash browns. Now, am I going to be actually stuffed with the huevos con tamal? It's pretty big. Because uh, I'm wondering, it's like uh, for a side, if I should try anything on the side besides that. I'm going to get the chorizo because I, I love it. I want to try the meat. You can see there's the uh, there's the Blue Jay special, the tortilla that he's preparing back there. Oh wow! Yeah. Amazing. It's big. Amazing. Look, look, look at the bumper sticker. Respect beer. <laughs> I love that. Respect beer. I'm going to try to get a shot or two of the, of the kitchen. It didn't last long, you know. I mean, <laughs> it took them a while to prepare, which was really good. I mean, it's very nice. It wasn't too long, but uh, of course, they're cooking for everybody. Uh, it gets to the table after what? I must have had maybe a cup of coffee. You had a cup of coffee. Gets to the table and uh, voila! It's like a, it's like standing in a ride at a theme park or standing in line at a ride for a theme, a theme park. You, you wait for an hour and a half. The ride is thirty seconds, but it was totally worth it. Right. <laughs> And that's like this. I mean, this was really good. Yeah. I mean, the thing that, that got me were the, uh, the poached eggs. Mm -hmm. Well, there's several things that got me, but the, the poached eggs were it was, they were perfect. They were perfect. And it's almost like butter. You know? Absolutely. It's kind of like butter. Condiment over the tamales. And, oh. It tastes, and it tastes... The, the, the spiciness of the mole and uh, with the creaminess of the egg with everything. It's just right, it's right. great. And then you had the... Uh, the salsa verde, but you know, it was more like a pico than a, than a yeah, salsa. It wasn't very wet. No, it wasn't very wet. It's got the uh, uh, a little of the the tang to it. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't very hot. Uh, good there, flavor. There are some jalapeno bits in there. Bits in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but mostly tomatillo, onion, and right. Jalapeno. right. And that's you know, and that's uh, a pico is is more is chunky. It's not mm -hmm. not a liquid type uh, or. Uh, salsa, right. not a salsa. Yeah, very good. It, it stayed together well. I like how the yolks kind of is almost it brought it together. Yeah. You know the pork. And what kind of pork is it inside? You remember? It's a pork shoulder. They said they braised their pork shoulder. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. It was. Really good flavor. Tender. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Very. Uh, in the conversation we had with the, with the chef, simple food done well. Simple food done well. And they do it very, very good. Yeah, you know, I could, um, 
I just used my fork to slice into the tamale with my fork, uh, and it went right through that fork. I mean, no, no, um, didn't need to use my knife at all. Right. You know. Now I also had the chorizo on the side. The chorizo was good. It was uh, a little spicy, and uh, you tried that too. I did. I did. How I was did. that? find it very nice this season. Um, I like spicy food, I so too. I, yeah. I found it just sort of right in line with my palate. But it wasn't, I sometimes find chorizo, certainly like the store-bought package, right, right. chorizo can be very greasy. Mm -hmm. This was not. Not at all. This was not. Uh, not there's all. no chorizo patty, I think. Yeah, there's more, yeah, there's a patty. Uh, there's some fennel in there, there's some fennel seed in there, mm -hmm. which is nice. Mm -hmm. um, again, just simply done, prepared well. Um, it's nice. It's, it's nice that in a, a city like New Orleans, known for seafood, French cream type of cuisine, that there's there's a southwestern place that you can go to. This this restaurant would be at home in Texas. Oh yeah. Or uh, or Los Angeles, um, you know, or any of those other cities with a large Latin population. But uh, but it it's nestled in a in a comfortable area of New Orleans, and it fits right in. Yeah, it does. I was about to say that the atmosphere too. I mean, the place is <clears throat> is very homey. Um, very relaxed, very casual. Uh, there's, there's paintings on the walls. You know, some of them are kind of more the abstract-ish kind of Mardi Gras looking color. Not, not a big fan of that. We got some uh, photographs too. I love the one over there with the, the coffee cup and uh, spoon. The spoon is resting perfectly right in the middle of a sink drain. Huh? Yeah. And I, it looks like a. a Tin kettle? Like a French, yeah, like a French um, uh, coffee pot, I believe that's. Not a French press, but just the, the old-timey coffee pots. Uh, big windows in the front. And I just looked back at the windows. I couldn't help but notice the, uh, the donuts <laughs> over there. Uh, they actually have donuts here, and they're not made here. They're made at Henry's, Henry's I believe he said. Henry's Bakery. And he went on and on about the donuts, so we're going to have to try it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, they, in, in the interest of science it, and right. culinary science. Culinary science. Right. And um, just to satisfy my curiosity now. You know. <laughs> <laughs> how, did you, uh, how did you like your French roast coffee? French roast was good. It was good. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a twist. You know, usually I have uh, coffee and chicory, which is a, it's a dark roast. Uh, but it has that chicory in there, and believe it or not, even though it's a stronger coffee, I think a lot of people mistake, mistakenly think that the stronger the coffee is, the taste of the coffee, then the more caffeine you have in it, but that's, that's not the case. Um, it's a strong coffee, but the caffeine is not as, as strong as, say, like the French roast. Or, even more so, the medium roast, which you, which you got, right? When I discovered the, that tidbit about caffeine and how it evaporates the longer you roast, etc., I switched to medium roast predominantly. Yeah, yeah you needed the little uh, little boost there. Right. <laughs> but uh, it's a the nice thing about the medium roast is it it's sort of on the edge, honestly, of a of a dark roast. Um, it's not it's not bitter, but there is it, there's more acid in this this blend than in other medium roasts that I've had. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is nice it, because we had such spicy food. Or you know, reason you know, not super spicy, not super but fine. well spiced spicy food. Right. Uh, sort of uh, cuts through that a little bit with the coffee. Yeah, so. yeah. And I'm I'm just uh, it's Trimey Mills coffee. So which is in New Orleans? Is it in New Orleans? Yeah, it is in New Orleans. Oh, I didn't realize that. So it's a local local coffee. Wow, that's cool. I have to uh, check that out on the way out. Huh? They get coffee by the pound, whole bean coffee by the pound for eight dollars. It's not bad. Mm -hmm. 
pound of coffee for eight bucks. Old bean, that's not bad at all. I have to check that out on the way out. Um, I gotta say too, the staff. Now they they weren't very busy when we came in because it's sort of the middle of the afternoon. Right. They're gonna close in about an hour. But um, nice staff. Oh yeah. Courteous. Can I get you more coffee? How'd you like the food? The chef coming out just to talk to us and and find out how we liked everything and to encourage us to buy donuts. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Just very unpretentious. Very. You know, it, it, very it's laid uh, back. very laid back. Just real people. He wasn't coming to sell us anything. You know, like sometimes you have wait, waiters, waitresses come by and they're like, you know, can, can you know, would you like some dessert? Hint, hint, you know, right. oh, how about some coffee then? Uh, <laughs> no, how about a shot of tequila? I mean, what, what can I get for you? You know, you can't be done. <laughs> but it wasn't like that. I mean, it was just very down to earth, very real, uh, just being himself. Mm -hmm. you know? Hey, by the way, you know. And, and the nice thing too about this place is the owners are young. Uh, younger, you know, in their mid thirties, I think, or maybe your early thirties. Our chef was twenty nine, thirty. If that. If that. I mean, yeah, I'd say younger. The, the the gentleman at the counter, younger guy. So you've got it's a nice new place. It's got that feel. It's got a young feel. Yeah. To yeah. it, but it's nice to see a, a place with a young feel, so passionate about about preparing good food. Good food, yeah. And, it, and it's funny because it seems like, and you, you mentioned to me that last time you were here, you saw a, um, uh, oh, what's the word, a varied clientele. Sure, people, uh, from, all people from all walks of life. And they all come together, this one place, right? they come together to, to get good food. Right. And you'll have, um, you know, your, your business people sitting at a table right next to, I don't know, somebody with tattoos all over their face. Musicians. You know, and, and musicians, right. whatever. You know, all in one, all in one area. That's, um, it, it, I guess, it just shows you the real uh, love and appreciation that we have here in New Orleans for good food, no matter where it is. Absolutely. No matter where. No it matter is. who I have to sit next to to get it. That's right. That's right. So, uh, but it, there you go. had there been more people in here that time that I came before with my wife, um, there were cross conversations between tables. You uh -huh. heard what someone else was talking about. Um, and you just you said so I, like people were just shooting things back and forth to each other nicely, right? But uh, jokingly, um, <laughs> and so it promoted that atmosphere as well. So I don't know that I describe it as uh, as familial, mm -hmm. but certainly uh, there's a relationship inherent to being in a place this size because there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There are eleven tables in here. Four, four tops, and the rest two tops. Yeah. So it's not that it, you know, it doesn't fit that many people in right, this place. Right. Um, and uh, so you're look, you're not squished together. Everyone's got some room, but you're close enough that you can chat and uh, overhear conversations and offer your input. And people will certainly be uh, uh, certainly be open enough to do that back with you. Right. So, right. Which is fun. And they have four tables outside, but um, you know. It's the Eating summer. outside is a tricky business in the summertime. It's certainly spicy food outside. I don't know. And no. coffee is yeah, a combination. Coffee, yeah, yeah. Although I, you know, I find it funny that um, even in the doesn't matter how hot it is in the summer down here, I will still drink my hot coffee every morning. Absolutely. Now I'll do it inside. <laughs> but if I have to go from point A to point B and I have to go outside, I'm still going to be drinking my hot coffee. I've got to have it. You know. I don't understand cold coffee. Uh, I'm not. That isn't to say that I, I, I look down upon people who drink it, but, uh, but I don't get it. When my yeah. coffee gets cold, I throw it away. 
Right. And that's how I've always, I just don't understand it. Well, don't tell anybody this, okay? This is a big secret that I have. I do something that is very um, unfoodie-like when my coffee gets cold. Microwave? I put it back, I put it in the microwave and heat it up. And sometimes I've done, I've done that, that two or three times <laughs> before I finish that cup of coffee. Now, you have to understand that my cups at home are fairly large. <laughs> I've had people, I'm on Skype, you know, and people can see, you know, we see each other, face-to-face -face conversations on Skype, and I go to reach for my coffee, take a sip, and they're like, whoa, check out that cup. A small swimming pool size Right. Well, that's what I, you know, I tell them. I was like, you know, I used to drink coffee all day long. I finally, I, you know, I had 10 cups a day. I, said, I finally cut back to just having two a day. But look at the size <laughs> of them, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much the same as I've always had. But at least you're, you you can say I'm down to two a day. That's right. It's too gigantic. Who was that? Uh, not not Tommy Lasorda. Who who was the uh, uh, Yogi Bear when he went to the pizza restaurant up in uh, New York, I believe, and ordered a large pizza. I can't remember if it was pepperoni or what, but he orders a large pizza and says, "Oh, can you cut that into four pieces? I can't eat eight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was uh, my first run at, at LSU, I had. Brilliant and wonderfully funny uh, history professor, Dr. Hardy. And uh, he was convinced that Yogi Berra was the preeminent postmodern philosopher oh, wow. in the United States. So he, he actually quoted him a lot. Um, and he wrote a book called The Age of Iron about baseball. Oh, wow. Philosophy and baseball. Cool. Uh, I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there are a lot of Yogi Berra quotes floating out there, it ain't over till it's over. Right, right. <laughs> well, they call him yogiisms, I think. You know, yeah. The yogiisms. He, he had, I mean, he was full of them. Sure. You know? And that, that's the thing. I wish that I remembered those kind of things uh, more easily, but I hear it, I laugh, <laughs> and then I can't recall it. Right. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. Which is why you need the coffee. Exactly, because it stimulates... Uh, the little, the little gray cells, fire, right? Yeah. The little gray, as, as Poirot, Hercule Poirot says, the little gray cells. I can't do a Belgian accent, but, you know. I don't know that there are very many who would recognize a Belgian accent right, right. Off the, <laughs> outside of Belgium. That's right. This is, uh, this is worth the drive across the lake. Absolutely. We consider we drove mm, 45, 45 minutes? miles, yeah. 50 miles. Yeah, about 45 minutes, yeah. Uh, well totally worth, worth it. it. Totally well worth it. it. Matter of fact, we ought to do this every day. <laughs> we ought to, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It won't happen, though. <laughs> but very nice. We'll have and, to make another trip. And we should say, well, then, I was going to say the next time we come, we need to try the adjoining restaurant, also owned by the same people, uh, Crescent Pie and Sausage Company. Um, that's, a, that's open for lunch and dinner. They make their own pizzas, their own dough but also their own varied sausages. Last wow. time I came, six different varieties of sausage. Good. Including lamb. Whoa. Uh, alligator. You gotta like that. Uh, and that, that really crazy dessert I told you about. Yeah. Cream cheese ice cream and friend while float. Get a couple of those. That you can have outside. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, the ice cream makes it easier. You, know, you, you can do that. Takes the edge off. Takes the edge off. <laughs> That's right. Well, awesome. This has been a fantastic breakfast. Actually, I don't know what you would call it. It's breakfast food, but it was a lunch, I yeah. guess, for us. It was brunchish. Yeah, brunchish. Lunchish. Brunch. Yeah. <laughs> Post lunch brunch right. thing. It's New Orleans. You don't need to name it. You just got to eat it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. My kids always come up with that. We eat sometimes at very odd times, so we're trying to figure out if it's 
brunch or is it uh, liner? <laughs> you know, maybe it was more liner that we ate. Well, I was going to say breakfast. Breakfast doesn't, doesn't sound as no. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. Here's a way you can be creative on a daily basis. Well, how else in your life can you actually create new things every day? And you have to eat. This mm -hmm. is the thing we all agree on. If you're going to eat three times a day to the day that you die, why not be good at it? Well, you know, it is a holiday weekend. This is a holiday weekend, July 4th, and so there will be no Mary in the Kitchen this episode. Uh, we decided to give uh, Sarah Reinhardt the week off. So uh, she does such a wonderful job uh, presenting us with Mary in the Kitchen every week, and I just want to thank her very much for that. And I hope that she enjoys her weekend and her week off here at the Catholic Foodie. Um, and I also want to thank a couple other people, Patty Day and Kyle Mead, for making comments uh, on recent posts over at CatholicFoodie.com. So thank you, Patty, and thank you, Kyle. Really appreciate that. And uh, I've been in conversation with you all via uh, the blog there at CatholicFoodie.com, and I recommend to you to head over to CatholicFoodie.com and to check out the various posts we have over there and to get involved. Make a comment. Tell me what you think. I love to know what you think. Um, that's what makes us fun. That's what makes it interesting when I get to hear from you and get to know what you think about things. So you can always, as I've mentioned before, you can always give me a call at 985-635-4974 or you can email me at jeff at catholicfoodie.com or just go over to catholicfoodie.com. You can make post, or you can uh, make a comment on any post you see there. So the post for this episode will be up uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow is July 5th. So um, you're welcome to go and check that out and, and make a comment. Love to hear from you. And really, uh, having said that, I mean, this pretty much wraps up episode 78. Can't believe it. It's already here. It's already gone. Um, you know... <laughs> The CNMC, I just found out yesterday, the CNMC is full. Can you believe that? I actually sent my registration in last week. I was late sending it in. Uh, I mean, late for me. I should have done it week one, but uh, for whatever reason, uh, you know, trying to, as I mentioned last episode, trying to kind of wait and try to get details situated and everything that I needed to do, I didn't send my registration in until last week. But thank goodness. And thank the Lord, <laughs> I sent it in on time, so I made it in, thank God. Uh, but the registration is now closed. Can you believe that? It is a full house. We have a full house at the CNMC, the Catholic New Media Celebration in Boston in August. I'm so excited about that, very excited about that. And I can't wait to see you there. It's going to be wonderful. So um, anyway... I think this is the end of uh, episode 78. I'm so glad that you took the time to be with us today. And as I said, you know, you may want to say a prayer or two. I certainly hope to get Char back on the show for episode 79. I know I've been saying that for a few episodes, but like I said, our schedules have been just so crazy. It's, it's, it's driving me nuts over here. Um, I really do want to get her back because we still have not yet talked about the retreat with Immaculate, nor about the celebrations we had that week, my birthday and Father's Day. We had some good stuff go on the, those uh, those days, 
especially the the day we took our children down on Father's Day, took our kids down to the French Quarter and took a tour around there and, and, and got to eat. It was just a lot of fun. And I know that Char has some fun, fun stories to tell you. So hopefully we have her on episode 79, but I'm not making any promises. <laughs> I already did that, I think, a couple of weeks in a row, and it just hasn't happened. So anyway, say a prayer, okay? And until next time, bon appetit. I'm Julia Child. Bon appétit. Bon appétit. Bon appétit. Bon appétit. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.